How is everyone tonight? Fantastic. Wonderful. Oh, that's it's awesome what red frogs are doing, isn't it? And uh, is that is that coming out? Can I? I can't hear anything on myself. Is it coming out the front there? Um, so it's just so awesome seeing what what God is doing in the house and the doors that have been opened up to us to minister to people and to to set people free. Um, and so many people have come. Um, students have come into the house because uh, of what has happened. Um, by the meeting red frogs in the clubs and um, uh, and the testimony has been is amazing the relationships that we now have with the university um, and the universities are falling over themselves to to help us uh, because they literally have been on their own um, and haven 't had any way in which they could manage these kids who are leaving home for the first time um, uh, money in their pocket, um, clubs with open doors, and um, and a brain left at home, yeah. and, uh, and so uh, and these kids are just they they just don't know where to draw the line, and and no they haven't had anyone there to support them, um, and it's been a phenomenal work. That Red Frogs is is an international based uh, organisation started in Australia, and uh, they have a, a massive support. Um, network um, going on in Australia where they're ministering to literally tens of thousands of students and they're, um, they're actually sponsored by a number of major companies Penny Skateboards uh, has been a sponsor which is they've given us a number of skate, um, skateboards to give, to give to students and stuff but they also finance a lot of the work Penny um, is a guy that uh, is a Christian but his skateboards are quite well known if you're into skating I'd never heard of them, but now I know, so I'm cool. But uh, <laughs> apparently they're amazing, and uh, so um, yeah, so it, it is a phenomenal work. And we had um, here uh, Andy Gawley, who who runs, um, he's known as the King Frog, and uh, he he set up uh, uh, Red Frogs and uh, Boss Frog. He's known as the Boss Frog and King Frog, and uh, yeah. Um, but not toad, and uh, so <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that it's just a, a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal work, and that's um, working right across um, Europe now. Is really beginning to open up. So um, very exciting. Um, tonight, uh, I want us to turn, if we can, um, to uh, Romans. Um, ooh. Do you know, I think it's Romans 10. I haven't written down the Bible verse. It's, I've got the scripture, but I haven't written down what it is. I think it's Romans 10. Um, and we're going to be reading from, um, in fact, if I press undo and undo again. I'm pretty sure I did have it there. Um, undo. There it is. I deleted it. How did I do that? Uh, Romans, um, this is Romans 1. It's, it could be Romans 1. I can't remember. I was half asleep this afternoon when I was writing this message. So <laughs> You can tell. I, <laughs> that sounds terrible, doesn't it? This is a half-hearted attempt at church. You know? <laughs> so Romans something, verse 11, it's either 1 or 10. I think it could be, 
yeah, either way. It says this. In, uh, I'm doing the New Living Translation, James. Um, verse 11 says, I want to see you so I can share some special gift of the Holy Spirit with you. It will make you strong. Both of us need help. I, need, I can help make your faith strong and you can do the same for me. We need each other. And tonight I, I want to speak about corporate faith. You know, there are, there are many different kinds of faith. Um, faith to do different things. Faith to um, have miracles. Faith to see God move in your life. Faith to get saved. Faith to, uh, that your prayers are making a difference. Faith um, to, to get through every day. There are different levels and types of faith. And, and this is the, the curious thing about faith, is that faith has this way of working in your life where you can have faith for one thing, but not doesn't mean you have faith for something else. It, it, it isn't, there is just not a consistent because faith is something that works within your heart. It works within your mind. It works with your belief system and your understanding and, and your revelation and your experience and your ability to connect to God over certain areas of your life. And, and you know, you can have faith for a great breakthrough, um, but you might not have faith that God will supply your need or you might have faith that he will supply your need but you might not have faith that he will deal with your relationship issues and so you, you might even get a great miracle but it doesn't mean to say that you have faith for other areas of your life and, and so tonight I want to speak about something that the Bible concentrates in the New Testament is all about the church it, it is all about the body of Jesus Christ being together. It's about us being together. And Paul is writing to the Roman church and he's saying, he's saying, you need me. And actually, I want you to know that I need you. Together, we make each other strong. Yeah. It's called corporate faith. It's when, the, it's when the church pulls together that something is, is, something is inspired amongst one another that when the church is together... Faith begins to rub off on one another. There is, a, there is a transfer, an ignition that together we are greater than the sum of the parts. There is a, there is a, um, a harmony that works through one another that enables us to have faith when on our own we wouldn't have faith. Now, over the last many years, there was such a concentration on ministry, and I know I've said this many times, it felt like a an old stuck record, but for, for years people would talk about what's my call and my ministry and I have and what's God saying to me and, and, and I don't like that emphasis. We're all personal, have a personal relationship with Jesus, but, but the kingdom of God is about the church together. Yes. And all the time you've got people thinking about themselves, what about me? Without the perspective of everybody else, you get something working which causes them to be divided in the body. And what happens is everyone's running around trying to do their thing. I, I've said before that, you know, years, we haven't had any issues like this for, for many years, but when we first started church, we'd have people come, come along and they'll come and 
would you like to help with children's church? No, I don't believe that's my calling. Well, it needs doing. <laughs> and you're available. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, you don't need a calling to do children's church. You just need availability. <laughs> you know, I, I had a calling on my life to, to plant a church. I had that calling from the age... Um, I knew I was going to be in ministry from the age of 11. At 17, God spoke into my heart about, about uh, planting churches. And I, I knew that that's what my life was going to be. And, you know, there's all sorts of, of stories that went on in my life in between that. But I knew I was going to be in ministry. But in, in, in preparation for what I was doing, I did crash. Oh, those children suffered. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did, I did children's church I even used to lead worship I know I, I, there, there isn't anything I didn't do not, there's not a single I, no, the one job there is a job I haven't done it's, they never let me on the sound desk and, uh, uh, <laughs> but I was in the worship team I, was, I ran youth I, I was a home group leader I used to run the prayer meeting. Um, I even dug a car park because it needed digging. I, you know, you dig, yeah, to make a car park, not dig up a car park. <laughs> That'll show you. <laughs> Can't park your car now. And uh, no, we, we made a car park um, because they, the church was growing and they, didn't, they needed more space. And so um, I was the only one available in the church to do it. So... So I would turn up after work on my motorbike and I would just get in and I would just get out of spade and they never had much equipment. And so I just started digging up land and laying rubble by hand and running around until I made a space. It wasn't a calling, it was a job that needed doing. And, and part of that journey was about the body of Christ pulling together to make, make church work. And there is something about the being together which inspires and encourages. So, so some people coming in and go, oh, wow, there's, there's a car park there. Their faith is lifted because something's changed. Well, something changed because somebody did something. I come into church. I come back from holiday. Um, and uh, we come back from holiday. And um, we w- went upstairs to pray before the morning service. Uh, and we go into the mirrored room and uh, go in there. And it's been painted. It's changed. And it's like, whoa, this is, this is nice again. It, it was ni- it, we, we painted it, I don't know how many years ago, but it was a grotty color when we moved into this place and then it got painted and decorated and it was nice. But then, you know, time goes by and it started getting grotty again. And, and, um, but I go, whoa, this place is looking nice. And your faith is lifted. Something is by why? Because somebody did something. Somebody painted, somebody put time, um, effort into making it happen. And because of that effort, faith is encouraged. In other words, the working of church. Now, it's not just the the physical things, but it's the pulling together that generates a spirit of faith. And faith, um, faith that works together is is what builds the house. It says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, it says this. It says, you are to be as living stones... In the, building of, in the building, God is making also. You are his religious leaders. It's a funny translation. You are his religious leaders. I would like to, that to say spiritual leaders. 
because I don't like the word religious. You are his spiritual leaders, giving yourselves to God through Jesus Christ. This kind of gift pleases God. What kind of gift pleases God? The kind of gift that pulls the house together. The kind of gift that comes in and says, I'm with you. Let's work together. Let's make this house healthy. Let's make this church strong. The kind of faith. You see, when that kind of faith is in operation, what happens is all the other kinds of faith that are required in your journey of life can begin to spark out and begin to operate. You see, what you need in your life is corporate faith. When someone comes into the house and they've never met Jesus before, they don't have any faith. But they come into an atmosphere of faith. What atmosphere of faith do they come into? They come into the corporate faith of the church being together. And it's that faith atmosphere that touches and changes their life. When you met Jesus, whatever your story, it was because of corporate faith. Because you didn't just meet one person, you met lots of people that were Christians and it began to change your life. It began to change your mind, change your attitude. And you're like, I remember as a child, I mean, I was brought up in church. uh, But I mean, I knew that I was going to preach from the age of 11, but I didn't get saved until I was 15. Because that's the problem with kids who grew up in the house. (laughs) They just assume they're saved. And then there was a point, oh my word, I actually need to get saved. But that point of actually needing to get saved, I was in, we, parents had had moved us out of the... um, formal traditional church environment and we were going to a spirit-filled living Baptist church that was just having a renewal and this is in the mid-70s and we were going there and, and God was, was really moving and there was an atmosphere of faith and I remember just being absolutely overwhelmed by what was in the house knowing that I want to be whatever they got, I want that. That's, that's what got me saved because they had something that I wanted. It was better than what I'd ever experienced. The only experience of church I'd, I'd had before that was that musty smell of wood and old ladies. <laughs> it, was that, <laughs> it was that sort of the, the creaking. It wasn't the creaking doors actually of the building. It was the creaking hips of all the, <laughs> all the <laughs> and the rattle of bones <laughs> of all the people that they... <laughs> struggled into church and, and, and that was my experience of church it was mind-numbingly boring shockingly so I was more interested in the movement of the clock on the hand than the preacher who spoke like this That's it. I don't know whatever he said but it's just like this and this morning he praised the Lord I don't know why they ever pray why do they pray like that I was raised in that. My, even my father would pray like that. And he would talk normally and then he would pray. Heavenly Father. <laughs> you look at him. Something, is something wrong with you? You see, this look like you've just had a stroke or something. <laughs> we praise your name. Oh, Jesus. What is this? And I remember growing up in this horrendous, boring. And then my parents that went to a church where the Spirit of God was. And there was life in the house. And it was the, it was the same denomination that we were going to where they were... And then they were, they were going there. But we then went to the... It was the same denomination. I mean, they were strict Baptists. They were, but God was in the house. 
and the house was full of faith and people laughed. I, I didn't even know you were allowed to laugh. And they laughed and people were laughing and people were, were happy and they were clapping and people were getting saved every, every time. And, and I remember just thinking, I want that. It was the corporate faith that was in the house that moved me and I knew that I had to be a part of that, that there was something more for my life than just being someone who went to church. It's not about going to church, it's about being the church. And from that moment on, I began to realize that there is a, a gift and there is a, this is the gift. It is about being a person that builds the house. Now, I've spoken to many people who've, spoken, who said, who've come to me and said, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to be a, a, go into ministry. I'd like, to be, I'd like to be a pastor or I'd like, to be, I'd like to preach. And the Bible says that if your heart is for this kind of, that's a noble thing to want to do that. But the most important thing that what qualifies someone for that role, if God has called them, is the desire to build is the desire to just it's to work people's hearts, yeah. to, to, to bring people into the house. Someone who wants to not just work on themselves, but wants to bless somebody else. That comes with an attitude of what can I give, not what can I take. The church isn't about consuming, the church is about providing. We're not consumers. We live in a consumerist society, but we are here to be a providing church. We are here to provide where the society is there to take. And we are here to give. And so there is a gift that God wants us to give. But, you know, the New Testament, it speaks about us being a church, but it is very easy for us to find ourselves being drawn away. And it says in Hebrews chapter um, 10, Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. What a, a phenomenal verse. That is, let us find a way of just getting around and giving people a ring. Hey, are you coming tonight? Are you coming? I remember um, back in 1994 or 5, it was, there was a particular Sunday. We had a, a young girl living with us. She was about 17 or 18. Um, and she was, she was sleeping on a sofa in our lounge. Uh, at the time we had a two bedroom house and we had two kids and, and so the only space for her was to sleep in the lounge and so she stayed with us for a few months and, and we had got up on a Sunday morning to go to church and that particular day she decided that she was going to stay home and so she would get up and, and she said you know oh I can't be bothered she's just sitting up on the sofa drinking a cup of tea and we just said to her look come on we're going to church we don't do I can't be bothered that's not what we do. Not in this house. We don't do, I can't be bothered. Come on, let's, let's go. That was the day that angels came. Now, you might say, angels, what? You've gone bonkers or something. It was that. 
That was the day, it is a recording that has gone around the world, we still have the original. When, during worship, the sound of heaven roared into the building. Now, there were, it was a small church, it was a brand new church plant, it was about 40 people. And, in this school hall, and God came into the place with such power, that people were just overwhelmed by the presence of God. Some people would just fall to the ground in the presence of God. One lady went out of the worship um, during the worship for a cigarette and, and she went out and God came during the time that she was gone out. When she came, went to come back in, she was thrown back out of the room. Literally, she'd gone out for a cigarette and she went to walk, walk back in and she was literally blown out the doors. That, that this, the PA system, they had to shut the PA system down because the volume was so loud. But no matter how much they changed the system, the volume still got louder and louder. The, the, the um, caretaker for the school had a friend and he was showing the friend around the school during the time. And he, he came to us after the meeting and he said, how many people did you have in there? So, well, about 40 or so, why? He said, it sounded like you had over a thousand people in there. What was going on? And, and we said, well, actually, it was, it was God that was going on. There was such an incredible roar of sound of angels. And you can literally hear on the recording, you can hear the angels worshipping. You can hear the sound of praise that runs, right, that runs in the place. And it was a, one of those once-in-a-lifetime type experiences where, where, where you meet with God in such a powerful way. I remember just feeling utterly exposed, utterly naked before God, that every part of my being was, was, was completely see-through. And, and that was the day she was going to stay home. <laughs> she couldn't be bothered. And she went, she after Sunday, I mean, we're all leaving church that day when eventually it stopped. We're all going home like this. What happened? <laughs> that was, it, it, was, it was just one of those overwhelming moments where, where God was in the house so powerfully. And, and, and she goes, never ever let me stay. <laughs> Do that again, will you? <laughs> never let me <laughs> suggest that I can stay home. And I said, rest assured, we won't. You're staying in our house, you come to church. <laughs> and you see what happens is that by nature, we find ourselves very easy slipping back. Maybe discouragement comes in. And we find ourselves easily just pulling back. But the Bible says that we have to pull together that we might remain strong. In other words, if you want to be strong, you've, you've got to be there because when you're there, you'll receive strength from somebody else who's there too. But if you're discouraged, you pull away that discouragement is only increased within your heart because you've been isolated. When you pull together, see, corporate faith is what empowers and roots the whole of your life. That when you stand together, when you have a team of you that encourage together, I, one of the things that we haven't done for a while, but um, we used to, we haven't done it probably since Andrew moved to Thurso actually, but we used to do like gorge walking. And uh, we took, I remember there was one particular gorge we did down in, in Perth. Um, and it was, uh, there was a jump 
that we had to do. There was a there was a hundred foot waterfall which we didn't jump. Obviously, we abseiled down the waterfall, uh, and then you popped in behind the waterfall and then swam through it. It was phenomenal, um, cold but phenomenal. And and then there was this jump that we had to do, which was about forty feet jump, which is actually higher than this building. And you're jumping into deep water. I mean, it's you, you can't probably genuinely jump much more than that without danger of hurting yourself. Actually, it hurts. And uh, <laughs> they're probably like, whoa, I'd love to do that. I, and I've done a lot of jumps um, over the years, and they all hurt. And, uh, but it's still exciting. And, but this is the thing about jumping. I love doing the jumping, but I can't do it on my own because I'm afraid of heights. And so I go, and we go, go, we're going jump, and we go, and I go, yeah, we're going to jump, and I get there and go, no, I don't want to do it anymore, because <laughs> I see the height, and I'm like, whoa. But it was the what enabled me to do the jump. It was, it was about I don't know how many guys there were, about thirty guys or so, and it was all the guys going, go on, and it's that roar of men's voices that just go, I'm a man too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this, this corporate togetherness puts something within your spirit. It, it puts something within. It stiffens the spine of men. It, it enables you to just rise up. And, and the body of Jesus Christ is that roar of people that saying to one another, Come on, you can do this. You can make that jump. You can take that step of faith. You can stretch your heart once again. You can believe again. But when you pull yourself back, you're in, not in an atmosphere where corporate faith can encourage you and you find yourself being drifted away. You have to settle yourself within the house that makes you strong. You have to settle yourself within the, with the people who will encourage your heart that you will stretch out toward God. Amen? You know, I, I really want to inspire, you know, see the enemy... He would want you to be, uh, to be discouraged. He, he would want to put discouragement within your heart. He would want you to be in a place where, where you can't exist and you can't motivate. You see, when you get discouraged, it's very difficult to get faith for anything. And so corporate faith is the most important faith because it's the, it's the foundational faith that enables you to stretch out for other things. You know, Nehemiah, when he was there trying to build the wall, the enemy came to discourage. And they, um, the enemy came and they came and they started accusing him and telling him that they're gonna, the king is going to, be, is going to hear that you're, you're building an empire for yourself and, and um, you're going to tear it away from uh, from them and, and Nehemiah says this in, in nine, Nehemiah 6 verse 9 it says he says they were just trying to intimidate us imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work so I continued the work with even greater determination you know the enemy this is, this is a fact right sickness won't pull you out of church I've seen a lot of people, sick people in the house of God, and they just keep coming. All right? It doesn't matter what you suffer in sickness, it won't pull you out of church. Poverty will not pull you out of church. I've seen a lot of poor people in church, and they're poor as church mice. They've got, haven't got, barely got two pennies to rub together, but they still keep coming, and they even still keep putting something in the offering basket. 
right? Poverty will not pull you out of church. Trials and tribulations, troubles at work, they won't, it won't pull you out of church. This is what will pull you out of church. Discouragement with one another. It's the one thing that takes people. Discouragement with one another. But God wants you to be pulled together. And see, so that's what the enemy, and the enemy came to Nehemiah, and he was trying to discourage one person from another, put fear amongst them. But Nehemiah says, you know what? Instead, we're going to work harder rather than less. We're going to pull together more, and we're going to push harder now, because the enemy is coming. See, see when, when you are find, fighting resistance, you have to resist with equal force if you're going to win the fight. When there is a push against you, you've got to find enough str- physical strength. Well, you know, if, if, you are, if you're in that sort of uh, fight, you have to equal match the force. If you've ever done tug-of-war, who's ever done tug-of-war? It's one of those great sort of um, games, that you, you know, you're pulling, you do tug-of-war, and I actually watched a video where somebody... No, I won't even say that. No, it, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't very nice. Anyway, a man was quite badly injured. And, and so there was the tug of war, but the, the, the enemy comes to pull against you. <laughs> Some of people are looking like, yeah, I've seen that video too. And, and so the people, they got this um, rope and they're pulling and the enemy is pulling against you, but you have to match with equal force. And so Nehemiah is saying, right, this is what you're saying, but this is how I'm responding. I'm going to work harder. You know what? Corporate faith, corporate faith is the faith of you saying, I'm going to stand in the body of Christ. I'm going to stand and I'm going to encourage somebody today. I'm going to get, I'm, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand and I'm going to make sure that somebody is inspired by something that I say something that I do. I remember one of the things I used to make myself do when I used to come to church was make sure I've got something that would bless somebody rather than... I, at the time it was a, I was in my late teens, early 20s, I didn't have any particular responsibilities in the church at that time, but I knew there was always an opportunity to say something to somebody because, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter whether there, are you, there is a title of responsibility, it doesn't even matter how old you are, you, you have a brain and you have a mouth and you have a heart toward God, you can bring something of a word of encouragement to somebody else and just spark that little bit of difference that will change their world. You can bring it into the house and you can make a difference. And I can tell you, there is no greater encouragement upon your life than than to receive the encouragement of not necessarily words that are spoken over you, but seeing the benefit of the things that you have done. Because each one of us are called to be effective in the house. And there is nothing more frustrating than feeling ineffective. Isn't it? That's... That's what gets to us more than anything else is feeling useless, feeling a bit devoid of ability or gifting or worth being worthwhile. And you start going, what's the point? But this is the point. God has gifted you with blessings and inspiration. Find a way of imparting it onto somebody else and you will see the difference in your own faith in your own life. It says this, let me finish with this, in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 11 says this, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. 
Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed or blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. And you know one of the things that I has touched, touched my heart more than anything is the ability for people to be able to discern lies from truth. There are always lies floating around our world. There's always lies. Because the enemy wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to rob you. But the ability to be able to sift it out like a, a cook or a chef has the ability, when you've got fruit and veg and you're, you're preparing, you've got your vegetables and you're preparing your, 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 your dinner and you're looking at it and you get some carrots and you see that, you look, you look at the carrots and you go, well, that one looks a bit ropey. Uh, and that one, well, the end of it's, but the rest of it's okay. I can chop that out and leave it out. In other words, you have the ability to be able to see what you can chop and what you can keep. And what you can, you see, faith, corporate faith, empowers us to be strong and empowers us to see and discern what is from God and what is from the enemy. We've been called to stand together, amen. Been called to make a difference. And I. And, and I want us to stand tonight. Let's stand. <laughs> that was a clue. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's hilarious. <laughs> I want us to... I want us to be challenged tonight that we will make a decision that we're just going to be encouragers. The Bible says the prophecy everyone likes it's packed. <laughs> Everyone's heads are like turtles. They're all sticking out. Pick me, pick me. I need a prophecy. <laughs> But prophecy is simply this. You can all prophesy, trust me. There isn't a person in this room that can't prophesy. The Bible says that we are to speak in tongues and to prophesy. And in fact, we're to prophesy more than we speak in tongues. Prophecy is meant to be the most prolific gift that comes from God in our life. Banan. And prophecy is simply this. Encouragement and exhortation and comfort encouragement exhortation and comfort that's what it's meant to be that's prophecy working at the level within the house of God with each person speaking and so when I come and say Brian you're looking really good I'm actually being prophetic because it's not true no I mean (laughs) no (laughs) yeah Discouragement right there. And uh, you've got to discern the lies. And uh, <laughs> when you come up and you bring just a word of encouragement, 
And you bring that strength, that warmth of friendship, that companionship that stands together. And you seek to bring a, be a blessing and an inspiration to one another. You've spoken prophetically because, how have you spoken prophetically? Because you've spoken words which just lift their heart. And once your heart is lifted, you connect easier to God. And the words don't have to be, thus saith the Lord. It doesn't have to have any of that spiritual stuff going on. Because God is in everything that we do. He, he is our breath. And we bring words of grace in all that we do. And that is what changes lives. That is what imparts faith. Let's make that commitment right now. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight and we say, God, we make a commitment tonight. Corporately, we stand together and we say that we will give ourselves to your body, to be living stones, to minister to one another and bring this special gift, a gift of encouragement, a gift of impartation, a gift of faith that will lift the hearts of one another. We make a commitment this week that we will just be that difference, that we will lift one another's hearts and lives in your mighty name. I thank you, Jesus, that you are changing hearts and lives right here in this place. I thank you, Lord, that this this is a special moment when we realize that we are seated amongst a congregation of champions. Brothers and sisters who we will worship God with for eternity. I thank you, Lord, that in this place you have gifted us life, not for anything we've done, but because of your love and your grace upon us. You know, I want to say to you tonight as we... For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.